0: Welcome back to another episode of The Boardroom Beat. I'm your host, Madison Dwald, and we have an incredibly special episode lined up for you today. As we celebrate the 21st anniversary of Matrix HR, a leading staffing and payroll company, we have the pleasure of welcoming our founder and CEO, Shannon Warren, as our main guest. Today, we have the opportunity to delve into the journey of Matrix HR with its visionary leader, Shannon Warren. Shannon's vast experience uh, is helpful to anyone in entrepreneurship, business leaders, and anyone eager to know how they can uh, learn from his immense experience in the business world. So, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Can you introduce yourself, please?
1: Yeah. So, um, Shannon Warren, the founder and CEO of Matrix HR, Uh, born and raised in New Brunswick, Uh, been had a great childhood in, in the New Brunswick region, great family, upbringing, um, small town. So what happened was uh, when I was 22 years old, there wasn't a lot of opportunity uh, in my small town of 700 people. So we, uh, myself and a few of my friends, we ended up moving to Vancouver. We had an opportunity to frame houses. So I had some past experience uh, with my uncles owning a construction company in Rexton, New Brunswick. So I had some prior, a little bit of prior experience in the construction sector. And, and watching them grow up. So one, it can kind of get into their shoes to a certain degree. And so we end up going to Vancouver framing houses, $8 an hour. And that kind of slow progression did that for a couple of years, learning the, the trade, the industry uh, framing houses throughout Surrey, BC and, and uh, Burnaby as well. And then that kind of led me into uh, concrete, the concrete world. So we got into commercial concrete construction. So I had about four years under my belt, and then at that point we had a I had an opportunity to work in Calgary, so I thought it'd be a great uh, way to explore more of the Western Canada. So I came out here for about a six months uh, stint with my boss at the time, and uh, unfortunately for for me and, and and my boss, they ended up going bankrupt. So I was here for about about five or six months building a parkade on 12th Avenue. Um, so they. Um, so that what happened there was uh, I ended up staying in Calgary and there was a, a couple of, there was an, an ex-employer of mine, Willow Bay Developments, that was doing a job at State University and they contacted me to see if I'd be interested in working for them. And I said I would be and they asked me to find some other carpenters in the local market of Calgary that would be uh, willing to work for Willow Bay on that project. I found some people and when they're in our first meeting, they asked me if I'd be interested in subcontracting to them and also the people that I found if I'd be interested in subcontracting subcontracting them under my company so I called my father um, at that time as I couldn't payroll them directly and I just wanted to bounce off the idea for my dad and he thought it'd be a great opportunity so he flew to Calgary uh, when that started and he uh, helped make my first payroll we put 6,000 or 7,000 on his credit card so that's what got me started. So it's I uh, had some construction knowledge and background of four years in the industry. As you know, I wasn't a, a full-fledged carpenter, but I was probably like a third year apprentice carpenter at the time. Okay. And uh, so I was working on site with those individuals. I think I had three or four carpenters working alongside me. So very slow start uh, learning the the industry, uh, a lot of bumps and bruises along the way, of course. But, uh, but for me, having a father a parent that um, instilled something in me where he, he uh, believed in me, where that got me led me into the business and, and allowed me to have that opportunity. So very grateful for that.
0: Absolutely. So um, thanks for taking us over that and telling us a little bit about yourself. I think something really valuable for the people we work with is that um, aspect of the trades that you've physically worked in. So you know, you're in their shoes, you know, you know what they've experienced, which yeah. is really valuable for these people. Um, what is inspired you to start a staffing payroll company, and how has your vision evolved over the last twenty-one years?
1: Yeah, so I think I think the first off it was kind of more of a, an opportunity uh, stumbling into, and again having a parent that believed in me and was able to help me get, get to that barrier of opening up the company and, and making my first payroll, so it got me started in that industry. But the the main focal point and the why I guess was the way I was treated in the industry where. You know, the many years that I worked prior to, um, I didn't have any benefits offered to me as an employee. Uh, most of my employers did not pay me overtime and a few employers did not pay me at all. So it was a very shady industry, yeah. um, you know, especially back then when I started out, probably 25, 26 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably still things happening today, but maybe on a lesser scale. Um, but. But back then it was very shady, and uh, so that was kind of the key uh, element for me was to provide stable employment on safe, uh, safe uh, construction sites across you know Western Canada at the time, more so in Calgary when I first started, and then also offering benefits. So we we we, we provided uh, it was merit back then, now it's open circle, but we provided merit to contractor benefits uh, back back then. To all our employees and then we also had um, the RRSP for retirement um, and then also just a more of a kind of a, a good agent where we're looking after our people better and making sure that we're communicating they're working on safe projects and very small you know very small uh, company starting off so a lot of attention to detail with our employees I was working on site with the employees probably the first year of an uh, inception of the company so, and then just slowly, slowly grew that out. So, I mean, going back to your question, um, going back to your question, as far as the, you know, what where we're seeing now, you know, 21 years in, uh, some of the changes. So for us really is the, the, the fundamental uh, change that we've seen probably about 10 years ago. My vision and model was to, to really work based on partnerships. So working with First Nation uh, indigenous communities, Across Western Canada. So, we started out here locally in, in Calgary, uh, building those relationships and, and seeing the value of working with Indigenous communities. Uh, indigenous communities, you know, it's probably one of the largest untapped workforce in Canada. Absolutely. Um, so, I, I recognize that. And, you know, we wanted to build ties, and it takes, you know, a lot of time to, you know, start those conversations with Indigenous groups and communities. So, you have to build a level of trust, and also you have to be able to add some value to that community as well. So for for me, fundamentally, was I, I was seeing a shift in the market mm-hmm. uh, and seeing a need for more um, trades in, in the in the construction sector. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a really net benefit for us to make those um, alignments with the First Nation communities. Yeah. So moving forward, uh, you know, for the last ten years of really working in that space, we're really proud to say that we've got two joint venture partnerships currently with Get Get out of Prince Rupert. And the secondary one is with Heisla out of uh, uh, out of Kitimat BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also work with uh, I believe around eleven different nations uh, in the Western Canada. We work with a lot of nonprofit groups uh, in Calgary. Uh, in Women Building Futures is the latest one that we just formulated, which is a, a really proud of that one. And I can see a lot of that benefit working yeah. with these amazing ladies. Uh, center newcomers, um, just to name a few, some some of the local nonprofit groups that we work with here in, in Calgary. So yeah, those are some of the elements. I mean, for me, it's it's about building um, partnerships and building those relationships and adding value on both sides.
0: Absolutely. I believe last time we did a count, we have over... 15 actively that we are talking to regularly so that's fantastic also the benefits side of things is that's one thing i bring up to candidates or other companies when talking about what we do and people are very astounded at the level of care of acknowledgement of what people need to be successful in their lives so i think that's that's a huge benefit that matrix has that is putting us on another level especially within the staffing field so that's fantastic um so going back a bit to the early days, what were some of the challenges you had starting out and how did you have to overcome them?
1: I think there's a lot of challenges for me in particular because I didn't I didn't I wasn't highly educated. So I had a you know, I, I graduated from high school uh, locally in Rexton and I went to post-secondary. It was uh, it was an a pri- a pri- a appliance technician. Right. Um, so I did that for two years and then I worked with Sears for a short time, part time. And then I was laid off, and that's when I made my decision to, to come out west to go to work. Um, so I think really it's just a lot of trials and tribulations of learning the process by myself. Mm-hmm. I had a few uh, peers to, to, to lean on, but not like I do now. I mean, we have a, a lot of um, people that we can lean on, like our bookkeeper, our BDO, and you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, peers I can, I can talk to, other business people in my community that I can talk to as well. But at that time it's like, you're on an Island. So you're just kind of learning and trying to guide the ship on your own. So a lot of mistakes that were, were made for sure. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I think when I first, after my first three years uh, in business, I ended up going bankrupt under my first company under Warren's contracting, and that was a, a, a big direct blow. I mean, I felt, uh, it was really uh, deeply impacted my life at that time, especially because as a male, I felt, um, um, and for my parents too, I mean, it's a sense of pride, um and then just a sense of a failure, right? Because he failed. And I think for me, I was just young, and I was trying to take on too much, and I end up didn't I didn't stay in my lane. So, we're first couple of years of that business, I was doing staffing hourly, like we are now. But then I veered off. I, I changed the course and thought we could do, we could make more money and do bigger things, and we were going to do our own contract work. I ended up taking that project on in uh, Vancouver at the Dr. Peter's center, a lot of architectural formwork. And unfortunately for me, I didn't have the bandwidth. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the, you know, enough money in the bank account. Uh, I didn't have the right people. So these are all fundamentally what devastated, you know, me and, 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 uh, and going bankrupt on that company. So luckily for me, I was able to, you know, pay the people that were working for me at the time and and pay the uh, vendors, local vendors, and uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to pay CRA. So that's why I ended up going bankrupt. So I had to start my secondary company, which is Matrix labor leasing. Now we're 21 years in. I'm very proud of that because we've gone through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations with Matrix too. I mean, with the, uh, the the highs and lows of the Alberta economy, yes. more uh, more uh, in particular would be the 2014 with the oil crash of $26 a barrel. Tough. And we were trying to really get into that industrial type work and all that work and basically evaporate it. And, uh, so that really set us back and then we ended up, you know, building some debt. And, uh, so I made a, a, a few uh, wrong moves there too, where I brought in a new president into the company, I stacked up, uh, our company, you know, with a lot more individuals at the time where I should have probably went the other way and should more have made, did more more overhead should have laid more people off. Right. So we ended up uh, building up some debt and then, which put us in a really bad uh, situation where we almost went bankrupt. So I was able to fight through that. A lot of hard days, um, and luckily for me, I had Mike and Claudia stuck b- beside me through those hard days, and we were able to to uh, prevail. And, and luckily, like we didn't give up because if we if we did give up, we wouldn't have seen the 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 increase of work that we had in the last three years, like we you know the three hundred and sixty percent organic growth that we experienced. So it's really nice to see the other side of that very dark cloud um you know so like i said it's really dark days and you know thinking that you're going to lose everything after 15 plus years of building a business and losing my home and, and uh, my secondary house and and you know my office uh condos here and, and the whole company as a whole so that would really deeply impacted me as a person and and uh and really humbles you as a person and uh so i think you know moving forward like you know Going back to what we're talking about fundamentally, I mean it's your it's your compassion, right? You're you're dealing with people every day and they're working in the workforce and you're trying to figure out ways that you can help those individuals break down barriers. Mm-hmm. And for for me I'm, you know, I'm really big on that and trying to figure out how we can get people to work, how we can begin them into an apprenticeship, and you know, signing their blue book hours and and leveling their, their game up mm-hmm. into into the industry.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing, and I think that's something attractive. Uh, as well I'm as you guys know I am an employee of Matrix so I, I see the inside is that it's not just a numbers game for Matrix it's also about having real relationships with people so even if we can't place them right now let's have a call let's see what we, we what we can do how we can help how we can answer questions so I think that that's setting us apart as well mm-hmm. um, and I, I hope that you know young people and entrepreneurs yeah. listening uh, definitely took something from the wisdom that Shannon just shared about his trials and tribulations, and what is setting us um, on a path of success now. But speaking of uh, building relationships, you did briefly mention that we have our joint ventures, and we've been dealing with a lot of First Nations groups. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? How did that come about, and what um, growth have you seen from engaging with those relationships?
1: Yeah, like I was saying, like you know, about ten years ago, probably eleven years ago, we you know got into that path. I've seen an opportunity there and how we can work really well with uh, First Nation communities mm-hmm. across Western Canada, because that's primarily where we, where we work and operate. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, we can see it not only, you know, putting First Nation peoples to work, but also we can see it in a revenue sharing aspect mm-hmm. with GitGAT and Heisla. Mm-hmm. So with GitGAT, you know, we've done well over a quarter million dollars mm-hmm. in revenue sharing to that community, which is very impressive for, a mid-sized company like Matrix. Um, And also with Heisla, we just formulated that JV uh, this past spring and we're already generating some really good revenue sharing there. We're doing, I I believe, close to a half million dollars a month in billings under that JV currently. And we hope to grow that out even more going into 2024. So very proud of those JVs. It takes a lot of work, like I said, and building those relationships, building that trust. And for me, it's like, you just got to figure out going into something like that, you need to make sure that you're able to add value because I feel like if you're not adding value, then you're just wasting everybody's time, Mm -hmm. including ours. So I, you know, anytime you're having these discussions, you just need to make sure that number one, that you're able to offer some sort of value. And and for us, our value proposition is trying to do everything that we can to offer employment to the people in the community, Mm -hmm. uh, the revenue sharing aspect, Mm -hmm. and also the mentorship that we can offer internally with our staff, which I, I, we have a really good staff here, I got to say, and, very proud of our staff that we have currently. It took a long time to get to this level, mm-hmm. but everybody's as passionate as I am, which is great to see they're here for the right reasons. They're not here just for a paycheck. You can see it on, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So very proud of that, that, how far we've come. It's not just a, the dollar factor, but the quality of people we have internally and the passion that we have and the, the goals and, and what we're trying to achieve as a company. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's, and that, that aspect of these relationships is a huge example of economic reconciliation, which is something we learned a lot about mm-hmm. in 2023 through our different educational seminars through the Forward Summit. So that's great to hear that uh, we've been having so much success with those JVs. Mm -hmm. Um, So in today's business landscape, as we know, uh, diversity and inclusion have become extremely important, especially in the trades. As we know, we're facing a bit of a shortage. We need to find ways to become creative and include more communities in our work. Um, How has Matrix prioritized diversity and inclusion in their operations internally or with their field staff?
1: Yeah, good question. I think uh, as we can see as of late, you're seeing a lot of companies uh, promote that, and I think uh, we we all know it's like a buzzword to a certain degree. Of
0: course, yeah.
1: So I think you know, with, and I know with us, we're living and breathing it daily. So we have 75 percent women in our office uh, currently. <laughs> uh, five, you know, five Spanish uh, Teos from Nigeria, Tamalca backgrounds, uh, Sri Lanka. So I think, you know, those are elements uh, that we see directly in our internal office, but also externally, we're working with a lot of uh, nonprofit groups that I equate it to with the Center of Newcomers, uh, all in indigenous communities that we're working with. So we're, we're really trying to go outside of the box and really trying to go out and even youth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Women Building Futures is another one, right? So we're really proud of that one as well. So I think that's something that that we're trying to achieve on a daily basis, building these relationships, showing their opportunities and trying to get as many people as we can from those communities or those groups into our mix, right? And we're truly really trying to level them up and helping them with their, you know, uh, signing up with their apprenticeship training, signing their blue book hours, uh, breaking down the barriers. Like maybe if they don't have a driver's license, uh, we're trying to find rides for people. If they don't have a bank account, trying to get their accounts set up. So I think with us, with our recruiters, more importantly, our frontline workers here is really trying to trying to be sensitive to some of the people in groups that we're working with and figuring out, okay, how, what are the, what are the barriers? Let's talk it out and figure out how we're going to knock down those barriers and get you to work. Yeah. So I think that's, that's where we, where we differentiate ourselves from other employment agencies, yes. where I think we actually do care. And I'm not saying other agencies don't, but I just feel like we have a, a different layer and we kind of like found a niche market where, you know, we're work, we have a lot of different partnerships where we're seeing a lot of value and it's bringing. Uh, it's putting us in a little bit of a niche market, especially working with the Indigenous people in Western Canada and, and the nations that we're working with. It, it puts us in a different uh, area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're able to work with a lot of different uh, clients that are looking for that inclusionary labour spend yeah. um, on on their invoicing where we can help find um, and attract labour from the Indigenous uh, communities that we work with, but also billing through our, our joint, joint venture where we're doing the revenue sharing. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win. When, for our client, for us and for the communities that we're working with. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So it sounds like actions over just words, you know, marketing material, Mm -hmm. things like that. And I should also check off a box. Yeah, exactly. And I should add matrix had three immigrant women in 2023 in our office acting as interns, so they can get that experience on their resume. We can provide a reference, we can endorse them on LinkedIn just so we can have a direct impact you know, on people from these communities and from our nonprofits. So and that is thanks to our um, leadership, you know, wanting to sponsor those opportunities. So mm-hmm. it's fantastic um, to kind of shift to another important topic, especially within the trades atmosphere. Um, safety and compliance are, are vital aspects of what we do. So um, how does your company, how's Matrix prioritize and ensure safety measures and compliance with relevant regulations to protect both your employees, but then also ourselves?
1: Yeah, yeah, safety. We take that very, very seriously, as you know. And Madison, Bay, we, we've been working, we, we've been core certified since two thousand eight, which is a, a pretty big feat for a staffing company. And so, uh, from there, we've end up getting our a core certification in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, with Energy Safety Canada, which is a, a higher level uh, check and balance with them. So we're really proud of that. We've been with them for many years now with the Energy Safety Canada. We're also with uh, Avita. Complyworks and uh, ISnetworld. So, th- those uh, accreditations uh, mean a lot to us because it takes a lot of work and it's not only the, the money you have to spend every year to be uh, be a member of Is those, compliant? be compliant with those uh, organizations, but also the amount of work that we have to put in on a monthly, weekly basis of the reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike does a wonderful job uh, taking care of all of that for us and, and monitoring our WCB claims as well internally. So, and that's another that benefit that we, our clients have, like we, we've got a really good team here where if there's any issues on site with uh, compliance risk management or even uh, workers compensation uh, management, we can look after all that in house. And it kind of like takes away that mitigates the risk from the client and we're able to manage and, and process those claims in, internally. So luckily for us and for me more so is we haven't had any deaths, thank God. And we've uh, been in operation for 21 years. Uh, We've done over $200 million in revenue to date, and I'm very proud of that. And we also haven't had any serious injuries. So I'm very proud of of our our track record. And so safety, again, is very, very important to us as an organization. We want to make sure everybody's getting home safe each and every day. And we also want to, um, um, you know, make sure that every site that we're working on is also compliant. And it's also a safe environment for our people. And, And even just to clarify, I mean, just, you know, a few years ago, um, I know we were talking about this yesterday with Megan and we had a, we had an issue on one of our projects where one of the clients didn't like the color of one of our employees skin right so uh-huh. that really took me uh, that really took, took me back. I couldn't believe that's happening in, in today's world here in Canada uh, so we had to drop that client but uh, you know stuff like that we really want to make sure that we have our employees backs so as prime example and, and make sure that we're, we're truly listening to our employees. so if there is an issue with any kind of safety, we want to make sure that we're listening and we want to make sure that we take action yeah. and calling our client or t- talking to the site supervisor and saying, oh, this is the situation. How we how can we navigate? How can we fix this? Yeah. So those are some of the things that we really try to to push with our employees, especially on the onboarding process. And I know you guys are doing a really great job on on the onboarding, screening our employees and making sure that they match the criteria, the qualifications, and they have all their safety tickets. Yes. And something else that we really try to work on as well is making sure that there's any safety tickets missing, we're making sure that all the all our employees are getting the proper uh, cert- certification before going to site. So that's another great benefit to our clients, making sure that we're getting the proper people to site, but also they have all the proper accreditations. Yes. Um, so we do a lot of that with our employees. So I'm really proud of all those elements. But I know that our, um, our recruiters, like they've spent a lot of extra time talking to our employees, making sure they're discussing about the project but also sending a really good email with all the uh, information so they know what's required. They know where they're going. It's a lot of extra time being spent, but I think uh, I I know for a fact that more time we spend on the front end, Mm -hmm. we have less problems on the back end
0: very hands-on process and uh, listeners just so you know a couple months back we did an in-depth episode on um, with our chief of compliance mike uh, and that that discusses our safety measures as well as workers rights in safety in alberta so please go and take a look at that if you'd like more information Uh, so shannon as a founder and a ceo how do you balance the responsibilities of leadership in business with continuously uh, innovating and bettering yourself in the company how do you find that balance for yourself
1: uh yeah i think uh i think like everybody has a struggle for a lot of people trying to balance your home life to work life to everything that's going on in life right so i got a young daughter four years mm-hmm. old so mm-hmm. spending trying to spend as much time as i can with her yeah. and uh and make sure that she's well looked after and then also trying to make sure that i'm spending adequate time here at the office and as, as you know i'm here as an owner, I'm here every day um, overseeing and trying to help and add value where I can. And I also want to make sure that um, our clients are being well, very well looked after. But not only our clients, our employees, our employees are our number one asset in our business. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that it's very important to me as, a, as an owner that everybody's being paid on time every time. Yeah. So every Friday morning, all our employees get paid uh, weekly. And then their pay stubs go out on Thursday afternoon or usually Thursday morning. So if there's any issues, we can address those issues and make sure everybody's paid in full on the Friday. So I'm really proud of that. And, you know, that's really fundamentally very important to us. So so being here, working with you guys uh, hand in hand uh, in the trenches, so to speak, and making Mm -hmm. sure that, you know, I have a really good finger in the pulse. I I know what's going on on a daily basis. Again, making sure that there's a a good quality going out to our to our customers, check and balance there and making sure that our, our employees are happy and adding any more value that I can to like just jumping in if I need to make a call or helping uh, do some uh, networking or, uh, recruiting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that I'm uh, any better than anybody else. Um, I built this company from the ground and I've worked in the field. And so for me, I just feel like, the, I want to add as much value as I can when I'm here and I want to make sure that we're as successful as we can as a, as a team. Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic. Well, as a, from an employee perspective, there's not many companies, folks, where you have a direct access daily to a CEO or founder of a company. There's not many organizations where there's some organizations where employees don't even ever meet their CEO. So being able to have an open door environment where we can go directly to the owner and say, this is my idea, or this is my concern, how can we be better together is something that I think sets us apart as well. And having those weekly meetings where we can express our concern, our hopes, our goals, and workshop things together is um, really valuable and makes employees see, feel seen and valued.
1: And I love that because I'm not the smartest person in the room, and I'll be the first one to say that. So having pe- good people around you really help us. And, and that's the reason why, like, because of the 360% growth of the last three years, we didn't get that by me. We got that by our great partners that we have, our, our great employees that we have. We have a really, you know, uh, it's almost like family oriented uh, internally in our office, and I feel like we have a really good reputation in the industry after so many years, and because we are so dedicated to the process and making sure that we're paying everybody on time and offering the benefits and the RSPs and and the opportunities across Canada, that, you know, I feel like that because of that hard work, it's it's definitely paying off. And, 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 you know, in those hard days, especially going back when the recession first hit, looking at other companies out there uh, paying their people cash or paying everybody as a subcontractor, A lot of these agencies, it was really hard on us because we weren't, we were, we're bleeding uh, cash, we're trying to do the right thing and paying all our employees uh, on payroll, Mm -hmm. t Ford employees, Mm -hmm. and we weren't cutting any corners and it was definitely impacting our business because other vendors out there were doing the opposite and there were, their rates were lower, so we're losing some market share and which really, really impacted our business and it almost made, uh, it almost got us to a point where we went bankrupt. But I'm really proud to say that, you know, we didn't veer off and we didn't change the course of what we're trying to achieve and the vision didn't change. So I feel like, you know, as hard as those days were, I'm, I'm more impressed now that we want, we've gone through that fire. And a lot of our clients can probably relate or see that and that we're here for the long haul. So no matter what comes at us, we're going to we're going to still be standing and uh, we and all our clients and our employees can can count on us
0: that's very important thank you so much so my last question for you is we've talked a lot about the past and the present what we're doing and and where we came from but as you know in this business you're always planning for the future as well so what do you envision over the next let's say maybe 2 years and then 5 years and 10 years what are you envisioning for matrix
1: yeah i think uh i think we we laid a lot of the groundwork in mean, the last 3 years with the with the fast growth we've done a lot of things internally yeah. So the, the one uh, key partnership that I think that really helped us perpetuate and get to us to where we're at today is People 2.0. Wow. They're a global company, $4 wow. billion dollars currently. Uh, okay. They only work with staffing firms across the globe. Wow. And they do our back-end office payrolling weekly, processing. They do all our compliance risk management. They do all their financing of payroll. Okay. And they also uh, do the insurable of receivables, which makes us a lot stronger as a company. As you know Madison we had a, a couple of clients that didn't pay us and it really it directly impacted our business as well mm-hmm. you know going back to that 1.6 million dollar customer a couple of years ago it didn't pay us that was ju- detrimental to our business and it, and it almost took us down as well mm-hmm. so again luckily that we had a partner like people 2.0 that helped us you know get through that really difficult time and it really shows the bandwidth uh, to our clients too like having a really strong partnership like that it's not just a you know, $26 million company you're working with, we got a $4 billion company behind us that's that's helping us grow, is making sure that we're on the right course. Mm-hmm. And I also like the fact that we can dip into the pool where uh, we can do profit, or sorry, we can do profit splitting, or profit sharing on anything that we need. So they, they work with 175 staffing firms in Canada currently, and they have a, they have a pool that you can go to for companies that want to work with other agencies. Okay. So if we are having a difficult time, say for example, we're trying to hire some people in Ontario, we can reach out to that pool with People 2.0 and we can do profit splitting on those hires as a, and really help out our customers. So our customer doesn't see anything, any of that. We do all that behind the scenes. We're still building through Matrix and we're just profit splitting on the back end with the People 2.0 for those other uh, members with People 2.0, other staffing firms. So, so I think fundamentally having all our partnerships in place and then having our joint venture partnerships with Heisla and uh, GitGat um, and also our all our nonprofit groups that we're re- working with, and we also have a new ATS system, Jobiva, that we have spent a lot of money and time getting that up and running this year. and Now it's fully operational. So going into 2024, for me and 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 beyond, is really trying to focus on scaling and how can we offer more opportunity to our internal employees, our external employees, but also adding more value to our joint venture partnerships, and and again getting more work, more revenue sharing, more opportunity. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's really, really important. So, so I think, you know, as a company, as a leader, really trying, you know, really trying to focus the next five to 10 years, you know, on, on growth for sure. But finding out how can we build better relationships with our partnerships? Mm -hmm. How can we add more value and, uh, and how can we not only add more value, but also our external employees working in the field, having more opportunity. So those are really key elements for me. And, and, and the bigger that we grow, I want to be able to offer more uh, incentives to our employees that are working in the field. As I know, I, I lived it and I breathed it for a long time, uh, working in the field. I know how hard it is to work in the heat and extreme cold and, and the rain and the snow. Uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a fun time most days. So, so for me, like, we want to try to offer the best that we can for our external employees, offering them you know stable employment, Full benefits the rsp plan mm-hmm. and also it would be good to get to a place where we can offer um, for the apprenticeship training a top-up on their ei yeah. so it's something we kind of looked at before and then we kind of fell into a recession now we get back on our feet we're really strong now we're debt-free mm-hmm. and uh, so we really want to start looking at some other areas where we can add more value and or add more perks to our external employees in 2024 and beyond
0: Fantastic. And we're very excited to um, say that we have had a couple new apprentices starting, and they're all from underrepresented groups in the trades as well, which is fantastic. You know, Definitely. to have more of that talent, a diverse talent coming into the pool, and uh, they're very excited about these opportunities when we discuss it with. Them. so that's fantastic quickly before we kind of move on to closing um, arguments I would like to ask you a little bit obviously I think people know about the staffing we do and those types of things but can you tell us a little bit more about the, the payroll aspect that we provide for companies just so listeners can have an idea of what that what that's like
1: yeah no definitely so that worked out really well going back to that partnership with people 2.0 mm. we were able to offer that um, other service line where we're we're not able to offer it before so and it worked out really well so we started off slow uh, we have a few uh, customers in vancouver that we do their back-end payrolling for them it's a really good really good they're small companies it works out really well for them and it's great for us great benefit for them exactly so having that having us do their back-end payrolling we're the eor so employer of record so we take on the risk of managing those people and payrolling those people and wcb management as well um and then also we're keeping them in, in compliance in every province and every territory in Canada. So right now, Matrix is set up in every every province, territory in Canada, and we're set up in 50 states in the US. So that's the other that's the other thing I forgot to allude to, that we're trying to grow into the US currently and hope to have more opportunity in 2024 and beyond. Um, but I think, yeah, so I think fundamentally, you know, that, that partnership's great. So having that back in payrolling is another uh, offering that we can offer here under our roof at Matrix, not only the staffing, and then also I want to you know mention that in our staffing aspect, we can do the hourly, hourly to permanent, mm-hmm. and straight permanent. Yep. And we do all trades. We do professionals in the trades. Uh, we also do IT admin roles uh, right across Canada. Yep. And we also uh, we also do pipeline workers, laborers, and heavy equipment operators. So we have all that in our rolodex. We have uh, I think sixty thousand currently on our ATS system with Jobiva. We also have about seventy thousand on our social media platforms, wow. and then we also do. A, we spend a lot on Indeed, Better Teams, mm-hmm. and then through our partnerships and nonprofit groups, yeah. um, we can we can get to a lot of people very quickly. So I think that's, that's cool. our niche, and that we found we put a lot of hard work in over the years. So mm-hmm. when we have roles coming to us very quickly and they need to be filled very quickly, we can we can operate efficiently, mm-hmm. and we can find the right people for the the project anywhere in Canada and now in the U.S. So very proud of that. So going back to the payrolling. Um, so us work, doing all the work at LNG Canada, uh, we end up uh, being introduced to a company called uh, Cooling Tower Depot and it being one of our biggest clients for the last couple of years. we mm-hmm. are a company of the U.S., Denver, and a great company to work with. Um, and they, they end up getting the job at LNG Canada for the cooling towers there. Uh, so we, they, they came to us because they don't have any operations in Canada. And so we're doing all their back-end payrolling on that project and then they're now completed and we're waiting for hopefully the second phase of that project where we can help them again. But they were looking for that, not only payrolling, but that indigenous aspect as well, they wanted to do their part, uh, being an outside company from the U S working in the interior of BC, Northwestern BC. Mm-hmm. So it was a great alignment. So it was a w- again, going back to that win, win, win. So that worked out really well. And so by developing that relationship, they planted more work in Canada. So we're, we're doing both the staffing. And the back-end payrolling across Canada for their projects, so back-end payrolling with their union side of their division, yeah. and the staffing on their open shop side of their uh, other of of their company. Yeah. So that's that's another area we really want to focus on. Where you know any companies coming in from the U.S. or anywhere else, else anywhere else globally, mm-hmm. we have a really good footprint here in, in Canada currently, and I'm trying to grow that into the U.S. as well. But we can uh, offer that back-end payrolling to any company coming in, keeping them compliant, the risk management aspect. And also if they're on the on the union side, we can do the payrolling as well. And then we can also even try to help find the workers and put them on the union. So yep. these are all elements that we can help, both on a on a union environment or an open shop environment for for payrolling or staffing.
0: Lots of aspects. And I should say, as you know, I wear a lot of hats. So I regularly interact with people 2.0. And I must say they're exceptional when it comes to customer service, customer support, and just being an excellent partner. If I send them an email, I'm hearing within 20 minutes you know just excellent company to work with so that's fantastic well thank you for shedding I know that we're getting towards our hour point here but thanks for sharing more about your vision and I hope that everyone listening can take something from this or if they want to connect with us um, this will be posted on all platforms and on our social media we'd love to hear from you if you have questions for us if you'd like to work with us if you'd like to work for us we'd love to connect I think that it's really special to hear from business leaders because Your vision becomes something that offers other people the chance to, you know, support their families, grow their experience, you know, become... Um, more knowledgeable in these areas. I know that since I started at Matrix a year ago, I have had so many more opportunities for growth and learning than I ever thought I would in this type, type of environment. You know, I thought it would be coming in, filling roles, and then, you know, going home. But the amount of opportunities for learning, growth, and community relations has been amazing for me personally. And I know everyone feels the same way here. So you should be very proud of that.
1: Yeah, I know you've been doing a really, really good job here, Madison. I've been, um, banging your drum there for a while, <laughs> telling a lot of people about how well you're doing here. And, and I'm really happy. And one question was asked to me yesterday was what we've done five years ago to, you know, to, to make things better or faster for your our partnerships. And I said, I wish I would have had a Madison five years ago. <laughs> and that's the honest God truth. And the other thing I want to equate before closing is I'm very grateful for the team that we have here at Matrix uh, because, you know, I'm, be, I'm able to live my dream and, and kind of see my vision through. And work with a great uh, group of people, women and, and guys here at the office. So I'm really, you know, so grateful to have a great team to to allow me to be a, a you know entrepreneur and, and kind of guide everybody to the vision that we want to get to. And you know, everybody's here working every day and, and t- taking time away from their families. And I appreciate that. Um, and also, you know, for in closing, I want to say, like, you know, very proud of our team and also the work that we do in our community. So some of the things that we've done as of late. Uh, the one thing that's really directly impacted, impactful for me and and, the, and my team that went down was uh, to the uh, Ronald McDonald House uh, last month. So that was really impactful to, to us and our team. And we went down there and cooked a, a great meal for the families that are, you know, have kids at the kids, uh, the, the children's hospital. Yeah. So having a four year old, it really uh, impacted me. Um, so it's a great organization. We want to do more with that organization and try to raise uh, more funds and, and maybe do that quarterly with our team mm-hmm. where we can split up and, and go there and, and put together a nice meal for the families there. So that was really impactful. And also, you know, working with the Kids Cancer Foundation of Alberta, Christine MacGyver, I've been doing a lot of work with her over the years. So I'm really proud of that organization and what they do for a lot of kids who uh, dealing with cancer. Mm-hmm. And then also with the, all the work that I do with the, uh, Flames Foundation, I'm a Flames ambassador. I've been for five years. and work with a great group of people on the uh, uh, flames poker committee awesome. and that's coming up on February 20th. So raise a lot of money. That's really impactful to the community of, of Calgary and surrounding area with mm-hmm. indigenous groups as well. Wow. And uh, so I'm yeah, really proud of those organizations and, and working with like-minded people that are doing well in life, but also giving back to their community, which is really great. Yeah.
0: And not just yeah. profit, but also people. hundred percent. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy Friday to have this chat and um, congratulations everyone at Matrix uh, for 21 years of business. That is a huge feat. We know that this is a bit of a volatile industry we've gotten ourselves into. But uh, I think we're all going to be celebrating, you know, in December together for Christmas, but also for this anniversary. So thank you so much, Shannon Warren, for your time today. Thank and you. please connect with us on all platforms you listen to podcasts. Give us a like, give us a rating and we'll hear you next month. All right. right. Bye.